0: Hello, and welcome to Break the Line, the podcast where we talk with guests about topics in contemporary poetry. The catch? The guests aren't poets. I'm your host and resident poet, Rebecca Farvar. This episode is a little different than the first two. Instead of talking with two guests about two poets, there's one guest and one poet. My guest is Carolyn Aegis, a visual artist who's a tarot card reader on the side. It's Carolyn's experience with tarot that we use to discuss the poems from Brenda Shawnessy's latest book, Our Andromeda, which just came out from Copper Canyon Press. Our Andromeda is comprised of several sections. The third section is called Arcana, a term that refers to the tarot deck. And fittingly, all the poems in this section are titled after tarot cards. So, I asked Carolyn if she could do a tarot reading of sorts on this section of the book. There are 12 poems in the section, so Carolyn first looked at the titles and considered them in reference to each other, the same way one would do in a tarot reading, and then we read three of the poems and discussed them using the tarot cards as our context. The poems we discussed were the Hierophant, which is the first poem in the section, then the Chariot, the sixth poem, and finally Strength, the last poem. If you'd like to see the exact order of all the poems, you can find it in the show description. Okay, why don't we get to the show?
1: Definitely tailored to the querent, who's the person that's requesting the the reading. So it really depends largely on what their question is in the first place. Uh, I don't know about other practices of Tara, but within my own practice, it's never about fortune telling or telling you what the future is going to bring. But it's about preparing you for what you need to know to make the best decision. So if someone is just um, needing an overview of a particular situation, you can do a 10-card reading, which is the Celtic Cross, and that shows you like what the heart of the matter is, Maybe some things that are going on below the surface that you're not necessarily aware of, what's your higher self trying to tell you, where are you coming from, where are you going? And then some other kind of circumstances about, you know, how you see yourself, how the situation presents you, what are some obstacles to overcome, and then what what's the outcome based upon that permutation though? And I think that's an important thing to stress is that If there ever is a card that represents the so-called outcome, it's really dependent upon that particular reading. And you could do the same reading for the same question and have something completely different happen later on because you've already changed. You know, it's just kind of taking, it's like instantaneous velocity, you know, where you're taking the velocity at that moment. And then another, like, really nice reading that is just um, really helpful for, like, a, a daily question is, what do I need to know about myself today? You know, what do I need to be aware of? And that is just a three-card reading that's set up like a triangle where you have the super self and sub interacting together. And you can see, okay, where is it that I'm, I'm moving forward and where is there a blockage? And that the blockage, at least in the three-card reading, is often um, revealed if a card is upside down. So, um, Yeah. Within um, these poems, there's not going to be a card upside down necessarily. So I think it would just be like, what is the meaning of that card uh, typically?
0: Yeah. And I think that makes sense, the idea of an overview, right? Because especially with uh, a poem or with this this series of poems and because they are grouped together and they have this link, I think we can read them as a series. It does seem to give sort of maybe an overview or an impression of the speaker's uh, viewpoint at this time. Well, and I guess that's what we'll sort of explore, right? And, and maybe it's very possible too, we, we won't see any connection, we're gonna kind of see how it goes. So, um, now you haven't read uh, any of these poems, uh, so it really is a true reading how we're doing it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, let's just go through and see what happens. Um, so I'll first tell you the card and the, uh, so which is the title, um, and then gives just, you know, a little bit of an, yeah, an overview of what exactly does that card usually represent or stand for. So let's see, is there a poem you want to uh to jump into that i know i don't know maybe based on looking at all the cards together one that seems uh really key or a turning point
1: well you know i think we should really start with the first one
0: okay great all right so the first card or or the first type or the first poem (laughs) the poem slash (laughs) card is the hierophant so that's the first
1: card so what what can you tell us about this card well, um, it's the fifth card in the deck. Uh, the deck begins actually at zero with the fool. And so the, that with the, the deck beginning at zero as the fool, it kind of means like he's the beginning and the end simultaneously. So, um, yeah, this is the fifth card. And actually it um, is represented by the Hebrew letter Vav, which means uh, nail or hook. And it's, um, there's like different attributions that are uh, for, each, for each major arcana card. And this attribution is actually about intuition and hearing. So that um, leads me already in a certain direction, thinking about what her poem's going to be uh, concerning. If she's thinking about intuition and hearing, and the hearer fan is often this kind of inner teacher, I, I feel like she's going to be dealing with her own intuition and trying to contemplate like that inner self and being guided. That would be my initial thought.
0: Huh. But... And that sort of makes sense. This is the first poem in this uh, section. So it's kind of sets the tone for a type of journeying
1: of within the self sort of. Absolutely. And I, and I think there's something really interesting about this particular card. Uh, the image of um, like a, a Hierophant or like a Pope figure, see between two pillars with like two initiates um, in front of him, you see the back of their heads. And the Hierophant's hands are actually like posed in this sort of mudra, that uh, means what you see is not all there is. Yeah. And so... Uh, that, I think, is something um, to also consider that there's a certain significance behind uh, appearance and that you can seek inspiration from the inner voice and, like, start this path of initiation. Okay, cool. So go ahead and
0: open up the file that I sent you. Um, and let's see. Why don't I read this one, and then you can read the, the next one. Okay. Hierophant. I sit looking around expectantly... Though really I want nothing, but I'm so accustomed to waiting around, I'll take whatever shows up. Or I look at things I don't understand, and I want them, though what I want is understanding. I take them anyway, turning them over and over in my hands in the dark, as if holding such things can give me back some sense of what it was like to really want something, regardless of what I had already or how long I'd waited." The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round, but I'm going nowhere. I've not been waiting for no bus.
1: Wow. <laughs> um, the the Hierophant is like this figure of authority. Um, and I feel like in this, she, she does go back to childhood a bit, especially by quoting the childhood song, you know, the wheels on the bus go round and round. And um, this idea of maybe... Uh, waiting for the answer to come and waiting for the hierophant to speak, you know, waiting for that inner voice to seize you and give you guidance and yet not and, – and being expectant for that and yet maybe being disappointed because nothing seems to be showing yeah.
0: up. Yeah, and as we – you know, when you first started speaking about the hierophant, um, when we started, something that jumped out to me too was this idea – of looking, you know, looking as a metaphor, it sounds like, but within the self or, or whatnot. And we start with I sit or, I sit looking around expectantly, you know, this idea of I'm, I'm trying to find and I think maybe through sight or seeing I can get a hold of this thing I want. But actually, I don't really understand what I even want at this point. You know, that's sort of the starting place. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, and the hierophant says, you know, um, there's more than what meets the eye. You know, there's more going on here you can sense. So it's hopeful in one sense that if she can can give us this feeling through the text and yet kind of contradict it by saying Hierophant, who says, you know, do not be deceived by what your senses tell you, there's more going on here, then maybe there's a hope that, oh, she is going to, whatever it is that she's seeking is actually already revealing itself to her. She just needs to open her eyes.
0: Interesting. So she's used to to sit at this point, at least. This kind of journey, as we're going through, is used to maybe uh, looking outward. But we're starting this journey, so there's a change happening. There's there's a switch in the mentality, possibly. Um, that's interesting too, that because I think you're right. Like the f- thing that really jumps out at this poem are. Um, at least on a first read is the most memorable, is, is this quotation of the children's song, right? The wheels on the bus go round and round, which everyone knows, and is so um, out of step with the rest of the tone of the poem. It really starts, sort of comes out of nowhere and is sort of surprising, especially because it comes at the end. Um, and, but you said that kind of draws on this connection to childhood that sort of fits with the, the card? Or, or what do you think about, about that turn?
1: Yeah, because the Hierophant is this authority figure, and he has these two initiates before him who are younger. You know, they're coming there to seek wisdom, to get an education. And... um and and there they've come to him who sits between two pillars which uh, symbolize wisdom and so i feel like there is that uh idea of like almost like a hierarchy you know of where she's associating herself more with the seeker more with the child who's coming forth and saying you know guide me i i'm i'm sitting looking around expectantly and waiting and yet there is that there is that sense of not knowing what it is you want in the first place which i think is something we associate with as well as, as a younger sense.
0: Sure. Or we, I guess we hope that as we get older, we have a better sense of what we want. (laughs) Um, cool. All right, good. Well, let's see. So, so we have that as our starting point, this, and almost, I mean, you were saying in the beginning too, um, that usually when people do a reading that they're asking, uh, there's like a question, the person has a question. It's almost like the question is embedded in this first poem
1: almost because that's the first card. And the first card is always, like, the heart of the matter, the situation, setting the stage. And I think that definitely is happening here. Cool. Great.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so what, which one would you like to hear next?
1: I think because of thinking about this idea of movement forward, we should go to the chariot, okay. because that's directly related to, you know, progress and movement, and um, works nicely with the idea of bus yeah. <laughs> in a <the> very literal <laughs> sense. Yeah, <right. laughs> old school bus the chariot
0: <laughs> cool all right do you want to read
1: this one for us yeah. Card seven the chariot i smoke between one and three cigarettes a day sometimes a whole pack will last a week sometimes three or sometimes i don't keep track just give them all away i can always get them back there isn't a tree on the street i haven't given the time of day time for us to meet or maybe eat between one and three a cigarette or two or three with you can't be beat and sometimes I forget to eat forget the pack and that too is okay you always say what other way but to forget is there to endure the day the street great thank you good so what um are you seeing any connections between this card and the poem in particular with this, uh, I mean, the tone of the, of the poem is like rather desultory, I think. And mm-hmm. I would almost think that it's the card seven, the chariot, upside down. Um, oh, okay. Beca- because it is, um, I-, I feel like there isn't the sense of awareness that the chariot usually conjures up. You know, he, he is this card of like influence and will and being able to move forward. And like the conquest of illusions. And I feel like with this, there's it's 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 um it's kind of distracted and not really aware, you know, like I sometimes I don't keep track, I give them all a week, sometimes it lasts a week. You know, there's like this kind of inconsistency and um and so I feel like she's drifting in the way that's kind of um n- not antithetical to the chariot, but a little bit in contradiction of it, you know, where the chariot has a definite direction forward. Hmm. And this, so I'm, so my feeling, is she's actually got the card reversed here. And this is part of her obstacle. um, That's preventing her from moving forward.
0: Interesting. So we see, uh, and, and also because I remember you said it also relates to like willpower or this kind of, or maybe am I remembering it that right? That there's a sense, It relates to controlling the mind or or mental
1: control. Absolutely. And I feel Mm like she's not really exhibiting that, you know, Mm -hmm. it's 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 less um, it's not that she's indifferent or aloof even, but that she's just not being very mindful or not very aware.
0: Totally. And I mean, I think that's what's so striking about this poem, especially just um, if you think right on the surface, the idea of smoking and eating. These are two things we really associate with uh, willpower, right? I need to have some kind of control, mental control to, to not smoke or to not eat too much. And this is the type of behavior is, is erratic, like you said, she's sort of not in control of when she's eating or when she's smoking or what's going on, these kind of body things are are just happening without any mental consciousness of it.
1: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Interesting.
0: I, yeah, and one thing um, that's really striking about this poem, especially in contrast to the first poem we read, is the rhyme scheme. Of course, we had it does have a very sing song. Uh, well, maybe not totally in contrast because we did have. The, the children's song in the, in the hero poem, but uh, this is more consistent throughout this poem. These, this very distinct, not only is there rhymes, but they're sort of simple rhymes that, that jump out. I don't know. Does that seem to, I, I don't know if that connects to the card in any way, but it definitely seems to, on one hand, a rhyme is a very thoughtful thing. You have to think about it. But the other hand, it's also very much on the surface and it's kind of a fun and immediate thing to, uh, for the reader, anyways, it, it just shows up. You instantly recognize it. You don't really have to think too much about it. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like that sort of simple rhyme connects to the chariot in any way?
1: Um, I, I feel like with, with the chariot, you know, I mean, maybe if it was more so like with the fool or the son, because there is that definite emphasis on childlike, uh, you know, spirit, innocence. Um, and with this, the chariot, I mean, he's a serious you know like he's he's definitely focused and concentration and maybe the concentration is without effort because that's kind of the goal in general you know to be able to things to happen and not contrive it to happen but I feel like um again maybe that's part of the card being upside down because to me it doesn't really I don't think it's really congruent um I I personally don't know how I feel about rhyming poems anyway right. <laughs> <laughs> but um no, uh, I think that it 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 definitely, to me in this poem, like it, it, it I'm very aware of the rhyme. Like it didn't rhyme so nicely that I just, it, it really jumped out at me and actually distracted me from getting the content of what's going on. Mm-hmm. I was very aware of beat and eat and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that kind of, cause it's almost like obvious.
0: It's kind of like slapping you in the face. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, it's definitely, I'm, intention to to i think right like this the rhymes are so obvious and so simple that um she she wants you to be aware of them it seems like that the way they jump out so it's funny so again that seems to stand in contrast to the poem going back to the this or excuse me in contrast to the card um in, in that it it is sort of like a very simple sort of light sound that it creates
1: I, I think the one thing I do see as a relevance to the card is is maybe at the very end when talking about the street. You know, what other way to forget is there to endure the day? The street and idea of passage movement and you know the chariot is um he's leaving the city in the card like you see a town behind him and you see he's moving away from it so maybe that could also relate to her that she is moving away from it or from these things that she forgets and and i'm, I'm wondering that could be some reference to it, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe the chariot, she sees it as a, a solution to this.
0: Sure, because the whole line, right, is what other way but to forget is there to endure the day the street, right? So this idea of passage in, in both a time and a physical way um, to, to leave this kind of um, forgetting. It's almost like she wants to forget these acts of forgetting, right? Cuz and sometimes I forget to eat, forget the pack, and that too is okay, you always say. What other way but to forget is there to endure the day, the street, right? Um all right, cool. Well, let's see, why don't we do one more poem? Because um, there's some short ones in here, and I think you might be surprised by some of them. So um, why don't, um, I'll, ju- I'll choose this one if it's okay. Let's um, hear Strength, which is the last poem. Okay. Um, and it's very short. So, and and I, I'm curious to hear what you have to say, because I think, uh, well, here, we'll just hear the poem. <laughs> here, I'll go ahead and read this one. Um, okay, card eight, Strength. What did God say to the friendless woman whose child was ill and whose home was lost? And it's only Wednesday! (laughs) <laughs> so that's sort of <laughs> so it's a joke, right? Of course. It's like a poem joke. Uh and for people who can't see it, I should say that the last line and it's only Wednesday is written in quotation marks with an exclamation point at the end. So it does have the sense of that that is actually what God has said. It's a punchline. It's it's phrased like a punchline and it's presented on the page like a punchline. And it's the last poem um in this series. So I don't know what what do you make of that? Does this relate uh to the strength card in any way or?
1: <laughs> you know I definitely i mean, I see the other like the the somber line, which is not at all punched line would be like what did God say to the friendless woman yeah blah blah, 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 blah. you know, be strong, have strength, that kind of thing and mm. and so I feel like she's just really playing a game with you by by titling it that and then having that last line, which I think is really brilliant actually um. Yeah, really. I, I I think it's great. Uh, but I do feel like, you know, she could she's doing more than just having the joke on you. I think she also is having the undertone of the strength card of that. The the, the strength card, the angelic figure that's holding the lion's mouth open, has this infinity sign above her head, um, kind of mimicking the magician who has the infinity sign above his head as well. So this idea of perpetuality. And um, that this is, you know, this is the never ending cycle that, you know, you you are always in this process of being strong and growing your strength and reclaiming that strength. And so, yeah, I think that there's a there could be a subtle undertone that is more serious about um, the card. But I also I really like that she I feel like there's a certain level of um, I don't know if it's enlightenment, but it's, it's a certain level of awareness to be able to make a joke about it you know, and to have, you know, and that in itself is strong and is strength. Mm -hmm. So, right. Yeah, that's true. And that goes back, um,
0: to what you were saying about this, that card, right. Is that it's this dualness of, uh, control, but also being able to exist as yourself and, and, uh, control those things, but also accept those things about yourself. Um, and, and yeah, this kind of, with that humor, uh, sort of plays on that right maybe yeah. <laughs> sometimes humor isn't appropriate but in this case it actually might help the situation yeah. uh that yeah, we see it. yeah yeah cool all right great well um, let's see do you have any final thoughts having heard some of these poems and and uh seeing it uh all the cards together um, that
1: you wanted to add i just think that it, uh i'm really excited about reading all the poems now because i i didn't read them before our talk uh, just to make sure it was more like a reading. And I think that, um, yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly impressed. Like, I really, I, the chariot one, you know, I, I'm, again, the rhyming thing. But um, with reading that strength card one, I think that that's really awesome. You know, I really like how she, she ends it.
0: Definitely. I mean, and that's something um, that is throughout this section. Uh, and I think throughout the book, and Hola, you can say it, she definitely has, is playing with rhyme throughout it and is, is interested in that idea but also with humor and so it's always this pairing of these very uh somber topics in a way but also there's a, a degree of humor there as well um which uh which actually is interesting because that will re- relate to another episode that i'm going to do about comedy in in poems and so so you, everyone yeah. can wait for that to come out um but uh, but in this case, she definitely is playing with humor, but really reigns it in in some ways, too. So it, it's it's really quirky. It's a quirky collection in that way, um, I think, resonates because of it. Um, so, yeah, well, I'm excited for you to to have a chance to read the rest of that section. And I think, actually, these cards really did, I mean, okay, so the chariot seemed to be the opposite, but they all clearly related. It was... It, like, you immediately saw it and said, oh, this is that card upside down. And at first, when we started, you said, oh, well, we wouldn't know if it was upside down or not. But she somehow did convey that sense of how the card was positioned in the poem.
1: No, I agree. And I think one thing that I think is really nice, as you were saying with the humor is that I feel like people take tarot so seriously, Mm -hmm. you know, as well. And it's really nice to have this, like, playfulness, Mm -hmm. you know, because it can be very playful. And so I think really yeah good move on her part and we can say the same for poetry people take
0: poetry really seriously but it's nice to have this playfulness as well um and maybe we can even broaden that out i mean in any aspect of life there's always a humorous way to look at it too so so it really i think maybe resonates more authentically because of that yeah Cool. i'm excited about your comedy podcast. oh yeah <laughs> be great. yeah for sure <laughs> listen next month <laughs> or whenever cool all right well thank you so much carolyn for um talking uh with me about this this was really uh, really interesting i think provided a totally different way of looking at these poems than i had been reading them before so i appreciate your time
1: <laughs> appreciate being asked it's been delightful
0: <laughs> excellent all right thanks a lot